Max Gawlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant today. We hit... The early 40s. Yeah, let's go with that. 43, James Sicily is who we're discussing today. Joining me on this episode, as he has a handful of times already this preseason, Rids is back. Hello, buddy. How are you? Hey, how you going, mate? I'm good. Look, Sicily's a fascinating player we've got to talk about. He's still 28 years of age, and he had one of the best rebound seasons I can recall off the back of an ACL. He had a 151 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team as his top score last year against the Bulldogs, but also his career-high score, and he couldn't have got it at a better time in round 23. His top score last year was a 147 against the Gold Coast Suns in Supercoach, but that's a little shy of where he's been before in Supercoach. Back in 2020 against Sydney, his career high score in that format is a 164. He's going to set you back a fair bit of coin after a good year, which we will unpack throughout this podcast. A 96.4 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and 113.5 in Supercoach. It's in that format. He's the number two ranked defender in the game. A $624,700 price tag is attached to him. In AFL Fantasy, he's going to set you back just over 850 k and $875,200 in DT. Rids, we've both been playing fantasy footy across all the formats for a really long period of time. And we've said a lot of times, players coming back from ACLs, we need to temper our expectation because it takes time for strength, conditioning, muscle memory, and just confidence in their body to return. Yeah, safe to say James Sicily had no problem rebounding back to career best form, did he? I reckon the difference with Sicily was that he had a full preseason. So he was right to go at the end of the year before. That's um, and then he just hit the preseason. He was already fit. So he was he was already sort of ahead of the game. He wasn't really coming back from the injury anymore because he could have really played late in that year. Um, they just put him on ice you know, for the season. Nothing after. to gain. Exactly right. Look, history has shown us, even before looking at his 2022 data, that he's a consistent 85 to 95 defender in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and 95 to 105 in Supercoach. Well, last year, he actually exceeded those price expectations and scoring expectations for us. He played all 22 games and in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, he averaged the 96.4. That ranks him fifth amongst all defenders available to us this year, both by average and total points. He scored 10 tons, including that career-high 150-plus score that I told you about. And he also had an additional nine scores between 81 and 99. That means, man, there's just the three scores sub-80 all year. Super consistent. While in Supercoach, even better. He scored 15 tons, including a hot stretch of consecutive tons from rounds three to 11. He posted seven scores of 120 plus, five over 130, and two monster 140 plus scores. He ranks second by points and averages for all defenders we've got in 2023. But even more pleasingly, Rids would be the fact that he ranked eighth last season in Supercoach for total points. So he scored more than midfield guns like Christian Petrarca. Andrew Brayshaw, Marcus Bontempelli, 
and the eventual Brownlow medalist, Patrick Cripps. It was a crazy year, wasn't it, really? Yeah. When you look at the actual stats and the breakdown of the stats, and considering that Hawthorne weren't like setting the world on fire, that's a crazy good year. Um, and like, I mean, if you're going to break, and often we say this occasionally, we try and break the formats up and everything else. He's definitely more super coach, sure. you know, from the feel of things. But I think um, that year has flowed over into AFL fantasy and also DT with the scoring. And I'm, I don't see Hawthorne getting less ball in the back line this year. I think that's the thing is when people are looking for defenders, and we've talked about this already on the podcast, we've had guys like Angus Brayshaw, Mitch Duncan, Aaron Hall already revealed through the 50 most relevant and no doubt more to come. We've discussed at length about outside of the rucks, the defensive line of the top end premiums feels like there's a lot of, you could build a case for a dozen, two dozen guys to kind of take some of those ranking spaces. So it does feel like across the formats, Dorset and Doherty seem to be universally consensus. They'll be in the conversation. Stewart and Sinclair, probably not too far behind, if not right up there. But as you said, historically, Supercoach is where Sicily's been. He seems to be bridging that gap a little bit in Dream Team. And man, it does feel like it's going to be a, a harder season for Hawthorne and for Hawthorne fans to navigate, given how much experience has left that team in the past two seasons. Yeah. And I mean, we've said this um, multiple times in podcasts gone by, like um, with the injury um, history guys that mm. you often start them or anything else. But that sort of also correlates as well to the guys that have potential to miss games through being a hothead like Sicily yeah. does. Um so, I mean, in a way, you'd almost lean towards starting the guy like Sicily in the formats, wouldn't you? Like then trading into him and increasing the risk of something not going as well as what it could. But I wonder, do you see him getting locked down like at all? Like, Well, I think that's got to be the concern. Yeah, both from a, a tagger has previously gone to him. Taggers at the moment are normally going to the rebounding, running half back. But Sicily is clearly the greatest weapon in that back line for them, both aerially, but also in terms of how he used the ball. His year was so good that last year he ranked first in the league for marks and rebound 50s and top five for kicks, intercepts and meters gained per game. So he is far and above their greatest weapon offensively out of the back line. So I don't think they'd likely want him to play a lockdown role, but it's for that very reason that you mentioned, Rids, that teams go, look, we should be able to beat Hawthorne pound for pound. Most teams would probably think that. But if you want to really be certain, just put that extra bit of pressure and accountability on him, and that could really impact his scoring, which we had seen historically in 2018 and 2019. And what we found last year in his great year was when that um, forward tag did go to him, that he just moved across to the most dangerous forward in the opposition where the ball was going through. And he just played more key defensive, but he was out marking them, out positioning them, out running off them. That's Um, true. And often guys like, I mean, let's just like Tom Lynch from Richmond, mm. they just wouldn't go and apply. So there was always chip kicks, marks, everything coming out of the back line. 
So in a way, it sort of worked a bit of both ways towards him. So it might actually benefit him at times. Um, yeah, but it's an interesting one. Paying top dollar to a guy who's, I think he's clearly the most dangerous player at Hawthorne. And mm. I think you're right. It, you know, most teams would go, we should beat Hawthorne this year. But if we put a little bit of time and effort into Sicily, we will definitely beat them. Like, it's going to be one of those interesting ones this year. I think so. And look, by starting him at, at, at such an exorbitant price point, and, and it's what he's delivered, so it, it's not unfair or unfounded. It's in some formats double what you were paying to start in 2022. But um, there's an interesting trend that it, when you look into his numbers towards the season and the splits, it will do one of two things for you. It'll either tell you, oh, there's a bit of value, or oh, maybe I should wait on him. Um in his first 13 games last year, um, in Supercoach, he averaged 116.7, and five of his seven 120-plus scores were in that first 13 games. This is purely for Supercoach I'm focusing on. However, in his final nine games, he still averaged well. It was a 108.6, but he just had two of his 120-plus scores. So there's around about an eight points per game differential. It's not a massive amount, Ritz, but it could be enough for people to go if they're 50-50 on starting him. That kind of split can either make you see it in one of two ways. Oh, he's a bit of value, or oh, as the season went on, he didn't hold his scoring. Yeah, so, and I mean, that would have been a little bit predictable to a point as well, because, mm. I mean, he was coming back from a knee injury. So, in it's a way, a people might go, as soon as they say that, you might go, you know what, that might mean that he represents a little bit of value at his starting price this year, because he won't fade, or he didn't really fade, but he won't um, finish the way he should this year, like he did last year. Um, he should be better for the extra preseason, extra he year should. under his belt. So there is a little bit of, well, does that mean he's five or 10 points value a game? Mm. Like there is a question around that, you know? Yeah, there absolutely should be. Look, if um, in Supercoach, it's certainly more his format of choice. And so if anyone was going, MJ, I'm bullish on Sicily, I'm going to start him. I wouldn't talk you out of him whatsoever. Equally, if you went, oh, I just want to get a look and feel at what this new Hawthorne looks like with so much change and such a big target potentially on Sicily, I'm going to choose him as an upgrade target. No problem. I, I think for me in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, Rids, I'm keen on your take. Um is he doesn't feel like to this point in time his his career he doesn't frequently hit those one twenty plus ceiling games, um, so it doesn't hurt you as much if you choose to go against him. Um, I'll probably look to him as an upgrade target primarily for that reason. Where do you find yourself sitting with Sicily in those two formats? Yeah, what I find though is we do say that at times, like um, we've had that conversation around Rory Laird when he was a defender before. That's true. We've had it. Um, Tom Stewart and then before. suddenly yeah. they come out and go bang like I mean who would have thought Tom Stewart would score as well as what he did in Supercoach last year especially yeah that's true um, you know it's very hard to predict at the moment because the way that the footy's been played these days it's it's just very hard to predict so yes he may not have history around hitting that ceiling consistently you know, in the big scores consistently, that doesn't necessarily mean he won't next year. That's um, true. 
And the thing with the Sicily is, I think it's more around his marks in the mm. games. Like, I mean, if you have a look at round five last year against Geelong, he had 15 marks that day. Jeez. And he ended up going 120 in Supercoach and close enough to 120 in AF and DT. But yeah. if you have a look through this, then you've got 11 the week after for Sydney, 100, 100. Then he had 13 against Melbourne, 115, 115. Mm. You, know, you talked about it earlier about the Western Bulldogs in round 23. He had 17 marks. Oh, it just know. looks like it's all about marks with Sicily. Yeah. So if Hawthorne can develop that game plan, and we'll know quick enough in the year. No doubt. If he's averaging high marks and he's leading marks for the league, there's no reason why he won't continue that for the season, which means his um, scoring potential is going to be much higher than what he it would be normally. And you have a look through the year as well. Like mm. in GWS, the cave for around 16 last year, he only had one mark. Yeah. Now, this is the really weird one for me. He had one mark for GWS in round 16. He scored 80-odd points in AF and DT, but he went at 140 in Supercoach. <laughs> I mean, that is how relevant this guy can be at times. And if you have a look at round eight, another outlier. Like, in, he had 88 Dream Team slash AF of nine, seven marks for the game and only 22 possessions, but he had 130-plus Supercoach score. I think there's absolute scope for improvement here on all formats, to be honest. Yep. Like, I mean, he only averaged 96 last year in AF and DT. Like, yeah. if you'd said to me at the end of 2023, well, who would have guessed Sicily averaged 105? I wouldn't be... I wouldn't no be batting eyelids at that. Outlandish, yeah? No, not at all. Yeah, no, I, either way, and again, why are we talking about him at this point in the 50 most relevant? Because whether you choose to start him or not, he becomes relevant. Because if he's the kind of guy that can get on hot stretches of three, four, five, six weeks and very quickly take a season away from you, equally, he can just have a little bit of a slow meddling start and all of a sudden you've paid up a lot of your salary cap for a guy that's not quite delivering it. Either way, whether you start or upgrade, you're going to be keeping an eye on James Sicily's 2023 MJ, season. Do you remember a couple of years ago, Jordan Ridley came out and went absolutely bangers at the start, and then he faded because he got locked down on, he had to play more accountable football, and so on and so forth. He, It does have a bit of feel about this. So. Sicily could very well go bang and average 130 over the first month of footy on all good. formats next year. Good. Very, very much could. could. Yep. But if he does do that, it's going to be more about do you hold your nerve or do you yeah. take that on? That's the question. That's yeah. the question. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, draft day is interesting. He'll be a D1. Um, he's the number two ranked defender by seasonal averages last year in Supercoach. It's him and Sinclair as the top two. And then he's in the top five So uh, for Dream Team and Fantasy. So he'll be a D1. But where people pick their first defender this year really fascinates me, Rids, because it does feel like you'll want to get access to one of those top-end forwards early and then get heavy mids because there's not really a cat, this huge plethora of rucks, which we've had previous years. It has kind of opened up those early few rounds. So 
he'll go as a D1, but where people pick their first defender really does fascinate me this year. So I, okay, so I wouldn't plan on where you're going to take him. I would let the draft tell you where you're going to take him. There's mm. going to be a run on defenders at some stage and people are going to go Doherty, Dawson, you know, and those big guys early on. Sure. So whenever they start dropping, that's when you can probably go, you know what? I'm going to jump on Sicily the next pick. Because mm. I don't think anyone else is going to have him in the top five defenders on their wish list. But there will be a defensive um, run at some stage for the defense uh, premium, sorry. Yeah, no, so definitely. Will. I would let the draft dictate to you when you. Who's your D1? Yeah, I don't mind that approach. I, I think that's really solid. Hey, man, as always, appreciate your work on not just this podcast, but all the ones previous and the ones to come this preseason. Yeah, no doubt you'll be hearing from me again soon. Uh, plenty of times throughout the preseason. If you want to go and check out the article on James Sicily, it is online for you now. You can check it all out at coachespanel.tv. I've got some details for you about who you can check out in tomorrow's episode if you hang through for just another 30 seconds. But if you are enjoying these podcasts, make sure you leave a five-star rating and review and follow us across wherever you're listening to these podcasts. You'll get the notification that as soon as the podcast is live, you can be able to download or stream it through your handheld device. And if you are loving the articles or the podcast, do consider becoming a Patreon supporter. It's one of the ways we can practically keep bringing content to you every single day throughout the preseason. Uh, the links to join our Patreon supporter group with a group of different tiers and prizes, you can find them out at coachespanel.tv. The player tomorrow we're revealing on the 50 most relevant. Few of you like the clue we did for Luke Davies Uniac. So we'll do it again for you. The first nine games of this year, this player averaged 118.4 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. While in Supercoach, he went at 112. Who is he? I'll tell you tomorrow in the 50 Most Relevant. Yeah.